Welcome to the Overreact podcast. In a society that puts women in a box. Let's overreact. I'm your host, Monica Mahoya. It's your girl, Angela Wamboy. And it's your girl, Lash Angela. And we're very excited to be back at Coffee offices, specifically the Media Center in Coffee 9 on Nan West Building, a suitable place um, for content creators who want to record their podcast like we are. They have a green screen room. So definitely recommend that you come and check it out for yourself and sign up to use these spaces but today we girls there are so many ovaries over here and the conversation <laughs> is all about ovaries we have an amazing inventor beautiful mother and entrepreneur who cares deeply about safe and sustainable pills for a better world none other than mary nyarai from nyungu africa welcome Yay. you brought your ovaries I definitely did. <laughs> yes, let's <laughs> overreact. <laughs> yes, this is an invitation for us to, you know, to have amazing conversation and comfortable conversation and everything women and ovaries. Tell us who you are. Um, first of all, I'm really excited to be here. I, I'm, I'm loving the ovaries. I'm seeing here. Very <laughs> and um, as you said, I am the founder of Nyungu Africa. And I started this company in 2019 because... I was a frustrated customer, you know, starting my periods at 14 and I was in a shower and then I just saw blood coming out of my vagina and I had a very um, short conversation with my mother. She just told me, ah, this is what you normally use for your periods, you know, just three short lines. And um, that was it. So growing up, you experience the irritation and burning, you think it's normal and then 2019 happened and there was this uproar on Twitter. Women were complaining about irritation and uh, burning and itching from using a brand of very popular sanitary towels in Kenya. And that was my epiphany. I was like, oh my God, all these years I've been, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like I have a hot potato between my legs. <laughs> Wait, so you, you lived your menstruation life up to 2019 thinking it's normal so you never once had a conversation Mm. with girlfriends or well i did i did and they were also going through the same Ah, thing and then you think it's normal Ah, okay all right but um of course you switch brands you're like okay this one is not giving me as much irritation Mm -hmm. and then coincidentally before that time i had started curating you know a lot of reproductive um issues on my page on social media Mm -hmm. And when I grew my brand, I said, um, looking out for companies in the U.S. to send me their period products, and they did. Mm-hmm. Then I used them as like, you know, you mean even periods are racist or something? Why do we have medical racism? Why would you have very beautiful period products for the women in, in the U.S., but when it comes to Africa, we are being given the short end of the stick? Mm-hmm. So now that's why I was like, this ain't right. It's not sitting well with me. And then that's when I started my um, the innovation um, bug in me came out. Then I started researching and then I found out, oh, so you're allowed to bring substandard products in Africa and there's nothing we can talk and say mm-hmm. about it. But if, if, if you take the products from here and take them there, you're not even going to go past the custom offices, you know? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense. So... Yeah. And of course, um, the sad story of Jacqueline Chepnyano who committed suicide. I was like, how much 
50 shillings, is it worth a life? Right. It isn't it ridiculous? That should never be anyone's story. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. I mean, and then, of course, you ask yourself, it's been 50 years since, 50 to 80 years since the sanitary pad was invented. Mm-hmm. And there's been no innovation of the sanitary pad. It's been typically the same products. I mean, we're cutting billions of trees to make sanitary pads. It doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. you know? So... That's where you start asking the question, so how can I be part of the solution? And that's where I became an inventor. So this girl from Fika. Yes. Fika, Fika. <laughs> has a degree in communication. Yes. No background in science. None whatsoever. Wow. Yes. Decided that she's going to be part of the solution, not just complain about the problem. Mm-hmm. But, right, so we also obviously have a background um, in the same journey as yours with mm-hmm. Hills for Pads. We have a foundation where, you know, we provide girls with menstrual products from reusable to um, disposable. We also offer education. So our, our solution was to do that. But you went a step notch mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to create it. Yet, no background whatsoever. Like, how did you, what made you decide to go that route? Because there's so many ways you could have, you could have continued using your platform. Yeah, that maybe before you even go to that, let's share our first period because she just talked about her first period oh, experience. Yes. yes, you did talk about your uh, first period story. Um, and, you know, ladies, we all remember when we first got our period. It was something very uncomfortable for myself. I just remember having a stomach ache. <laughs> I was coming out of school and I was extremely shy to even talk about it. I was 10 years old when I got my period. And I remember just going to my mom's uh, job and my mom just noticed I was acting different and I was extremely quiet. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting funny? And I was like, I found blood in my underwear. And all my mom did was give me a box of pads. And she's like, you have become a woman. <laughs> and that was that. So, you know, as I you know, went through school. School is where I had to learn, you know, mostly about my menstruation and what's happening with my body, but we didn't really delve into it so deeply. So that is my period story. Awesome. My period story, I was in school. Um, so I started getting this information and products from class four. So there were some uh, sisters who would come to our school and, you know, girls from class four, you're put together and then you're told, oh, there's something called menstruation and this is what you use. And I remember this brand had green and white and we'd be given so when I got my peers at the age of 13 I knew what they were and I knew what to use so I didn't necessarily have to tell anyone um, what happened to me yeah so I was empowered and I knew what they were uh, through school yeah yeah Mine, I was with my dad. Um, I was 11 years of age I was in the toilet I'd already we'd already had like um, that particular brand that you were talking about um that, um, you know, they'd come to schools and, and, you know, educated. So I already knew that when I have my periods, I'm going to see discharge. If I see discharge, chances are you're about to start your period. So I'd already seen that. I knew that. But my mum was in there and I didn't know where she put, you know, her pads in the, in the pads in the house. So I had to ask my dad to, you know, take me uh, to the supermarket. Didn't have any issue. Took me um, and, you know, I was able to buy products and the way that you're talking about, you know, how your story led to um, you starting your business and going back to my question is like we also all our stories contribute to what Hills for Pads is about because for from the education point of view, you don't want to just be given a, mm-hmm. a piece of pad and then here you go. But sometimes you lack that education, right? Sometimes you lack the confidence to know what your body is like and what have you. Sometimes you're, you know, you're in my position where you think, oh, I can't really talk to the opposite sex about. And so about normalizing that conversation and being comfortable to break the period stigma and the period shame. Mm-hmm. 
And so how did you, like, going back to the question I was asking, what, you know, you, you skipped and you went forward and you're like, I'm going to create a product. Mm -hmm. And you created it very innovatively, which yes. you can share how. So as I was, I was telling Monica when I came that um, I've grown up in Thika literally for when I was 10 years old. Um, so I've seen pineapples literally every single day of my life. Mm. So when I started doing the research on um, the components which make a sanitary pads, it was just, they just need something absorbent to, you know, absorb the blood. And most companies prefer to use wood pulp. But you have to treat wood pulp with a lot of chemicals to break it down so mm -hmm. that it can be able to be soft enough to absorb the blood. So it doesn't make sense because, um, again, cotton is the world's most heavily sprayed crop. So you also have to be you know, very careful if you see something called cotton pads. Ask yourself, where are they getting this cotton from, you know? Mm. You have to source And that's it. also becoming Drop like a trend. Um, yes. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. So, yeah, so you, you know, when you, come, when you come to this other side of innovation, you have to really, you know, dive into a lot of publications, do a lot of research. Because, again, there's a lot of greenwashing with a lot of companies. Yes. Companies which purportedly organic, say, this, organic, organic that. <laughs> buzzwords. Yeah, those are buzzwords. Yeah. Buzz speak, business speak, just to you know, uh, brainwash consumers that we're actually organic, but in in real sense you're not. Just trying to now get the market share of now these health cons conscious consumers that mm -hmm. we have right now, and which I'm really proud of because now women are actually looking at what is actually in my pad. Mm -hmm. And I had this analogy about. Um, something for your eyes. If I came with a product and I told you, Mo, um, this is a very nice product. If you use it for your eyes, they're always going to be white because, you know, you always want to have white eyes. Mm -hmm. There's something about something. Mm -hmm. And then and then I, you don't even read the ingredients and then you just go ahead and put it in your eyes. That's the same thing we do with our period products. Mm -hmm. You don't know what is in the period product, but because it's been, you know, marketed to you, packaged. you never know the yeah, packaged, um, you never know the ingredients that are there. And most of them are very, you know, um, poisonous, toxic chemicals, which have been shown to cause cancer and infertility and the recurrentist infections. So back to your question about how I started. And I think um, you may agree with me when you say the reason why you started Heals for Pads is because you cared deeply about um, the period poverty gap. Yeah. And also we, we had to like overreact to things yeah. we were seeing, mm -hmm. just like you yeah, so as a consumer. That's my biggest motivation because I was, I was like, I cared, I was like, if, if this is happening to me and I have the privilege of buying the products that I want, mm -hmm. I can call in from the U.S. and they will come. What happens to that little girl in Kibera? Mm -hmm. You know, she's just given something to use because she doesn't have the, the choice mm -hmm. to get the product that is actually going to work for her. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, handouts. Yeah. And that's not fair. Yeah. Let's talk about periods beyond uh, blood alone. So you were talking about a girl in Kibera. So what are her choices, you know? And when we talk about periods or uh, period products, uh, most of them come from the West. So uh, how are you innovating for Kenyan women based on your lived experience and the experience of that girl in Samburu, that girl in, you know, Kwale, that girl in Senyandarwa? Because also you said you felt like you had a hot potato between your thighs, right? So we're talking about a girl in Chabi Desert, you know, in my corner and she's under 40 degrees. Then you bring her these, you know, donated pad products. You know, talk about you know, beyond the blood. Well, I'm really, I'm really so blessed 
because my journey has allowed me to go to my corner, Marsabi. And you listen to these girls talking and they're like, me, I can't even use those products because if the plastic just sticks on your labia. So they would prefer not to use these products because they're like, it, it's not working for me. And that's because most people who design sanitary products do not design with the women, you know. Mm. And that's why it was important for me. It's very normally, I, I do a lot of interviews with women and ask them, what would you like your period product to look like? You know, you design with a woman. So I'm looking at a situation where when we launch, you'll have pads specifically for Marsabit. Because you look at the demographic and Mm -hmm. you see this has to have a high absorbency power because it's very hot. So they can't wear a pad for four hours. It doesn't make sense. So make something that is going to absorb blood for a very uh, short period of time. So you have those demographics in mind when you're designing with the women of Mm -hmm. Marsabit. Come to Nairobi, you know. All those factors come into innovation. It's a very long process. But at the end of the day, you have to design with the women who are going to wear the pads that you're creating. Yeah. What I mean, the yeah. pads that you wear and then you're so like, oh my God, can people <laughs> hear me walking? The things like- and to our listeners, I know like people look at a period being as such a simple thing, but there are so many different factors. There's so many different dynamics when it comes um, to periods. Um, tell us what role do you think our male allies play when it comes to um, pushing for um, proper menstrual hygiene management? Oh, you've mentioned male allies, and the only person who's coming to my mind is Dr. Kenya Njui. This man wow. is, is a PhD, one of the leading material scientists in Kenya. So when I was doing my research and I went with my pe- pineapple fibers, he was so excited. Mm-hmm. He was like, finally, somebody is giving a solution to the problem that we have. Mm. And um, once we got working, he was like, you know, we need to write a patent for this because this is very innovative. I agree. You know? And you know, you go to Kipi, which is the, um, the headquarters for writing your patents, the Kenya Intellectual Property Institute. And they tell you, you know, you have to have 100,000 shillings. You're an entrepreneur. You don't have money. So that's where I, I became a self-taught patent writer because I was like, you know, mm-hmm. These things, you, if, if you have a hunger to learn, it's very easy to get what you want. Okay. So I, I, I learned how to write the patent with the help of Dr. Kenyan Jui. And we've been working together ever since, you know. So male allyship in the period space is very important. Yeah. They actually, and I know you can agree, there are men who have been supporting you oh, a lot. lot. Uh, heels for parties for male gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Even funding mm-hmm. and stuff, we get a lot more. Yeah. Public, when I say funding, sorry, public support, mm-hmm. you'll find men will easily give. And I think for them, it comes from an uh, empathic point of view because they're like, I don't know. I don't know what oh, this period they'll be like, is. What that happens? I don't know what it feels like. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, but because, and they think, oh, you know, I have a sister, I have a mom, I probably have a daughter or a niece. So they give from that point of view and they give what they can mm-hmm. and are willing to listen and understand so that when they have their wives and girlfriends and they are able to have those conversations easily. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of like allies and challenges within the menstrual health, you know, um, journey, there's the there's elitism in a sense. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you know we get substandard products mm-hmm. here in Africa, and I think also Asia experiences the same too. Mm-hmm. And so, then you also mentioned perfectly that there's racism, and so there's a new buzzword called gender lens investing, mm-hmm. right? So um, as an organization, uh, when you're trying to 
get funding or get opportunities. In Kenya, you will tend to see the same people in, in, in Kenya talking the same thing and there's no fresh eyes or fresh ears or mm. fresh mouths adding to this conversation. Um, what do you think some of, uh, what have been some of the challenges that you've experienced, have you experienced elitism in your, in your journey? Well, definitely because I think that the period industry is a cash cow for a lot of you know, opportunistic, capitalistic, you know, just put all those holistic words there because um, every woman and every month has to use a period product. So it has a lot of red tape. This industry has a lot of red tape. It's male dominated. And again, we see the same faces all the time talking about issues. Yes, they're doing some work, but we have organizations like yourself, Fields for Pads, Nyongu Africa. We have a fresh perspective on how to deal with these issues. We are on the grassroots. We are online. Yes, we'd, why can't you invite us to the table when you're having these conversations, you know? So just to broaden the impact that you want to have, not just the talking is important, but let it be followed by impact. So there's a whole, this innovation uh, thing, every either development uh, agency or everyone in the field is talking about how the innovation ecosystem is vibrant, especially in Kenya. So yes, it's growing, but we can't, for example, us as social uh, entrepreneurs, we've been overly mentored. How is the funding aspect coming for you? And how, what have been your journey like? Uh, you know, I've been an innovator and, you know, raising capital and, you know, have, sharing with people this vision of yours. Like, oh, my God, there's a global momentum. There's a whole femtech uh, coming up. Uh, there's money uh, in Africa. African opportunity and innovation is in the tune of billions. Mm-hmm. So how does women like yourself have a piece of cake, a piece of that cake? Well, if we are eating the cake, it's probably the cream. We're not even eating cake. <laughs> And it, this money, I know there's money, but where is it? Because we, I personally spend a lot of my time applying for grants. Of course, the process is very rigorous. And then the amounts that you're getting, you're looking for an investment of $1 million because, of course, it's capital intensive. And, of course, you want to be introduced to these companies that are giving funding to women innovators. But at the same time, the quota, a lot of tech companies, a lot of the innovation, as you said, is very vibrant. But 99% of that money is going to tech companies. And then you ask yourself, I mean, these people who are being funded came from women who had periods. Why are social businesses not being funded? If we're really about sustainable business, having a sustainable future, then let us walk the talk and fund social businesses, especially women-led social businesses. Because we are part of the future of businesses. Because in the next 50 years, we're going to be talking, if your business is not having maybe um, meeting the sustainability quota index, you're not good for business. You know? yeah. Are you tempted to have a gatekeeper that doesn't look like you? Uh, oh, wow. That's a conversation for another day. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe that will unlock the funding for you. God, please, if you can hear me. Um, so I have two questions for you. But the first one is, there's someone out here who is like us and like you who probably lives in Massabit for instance and is trying to find a solution to uh, the problem around period poverty and she she understands or he understands the challenges girls and women face Mm -hmm. so what tip with your particular journey would you offer for someone who wants to start something around period poverty um thankfully we have a menstrual health policy strategy from 20 to 
2022 to 2024, I think it's being worked on. It should be actually being implemented. So people can start from the county offices because we even have a women rep. So that's the best place to start. They are supposed to be menstrual health champions in their uh, in their community. So mm-hmm. I would advise them to start there and see a need basis. Just do um, a need analysis for their area and see how they can be able to help. Mm-hmm. And then now they can be linked to organizations like yours. Mm-hmm. You know, That's where to start. And of course, having them caring deeply about the problem. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you that motivation because, of course, you know, you guys, how you have moments where it's been very difficult. You're like, why is this so difficult? Mm. But then you still go on because you want to close the period poverty gap. So having those two things, just having people to link you to the right uh, places where you're going to raise your voice for the issues that you can see and also that thing of caring deeply about the issue. Yeah. What is um, the second question was um, like? What would be the suitable way forward for people who are not in this industry, mm-hmm. but as a public, they care deeply and they want to contribute in one way or another? How do we positively? Um, how do I, as a consumer, or even one with our ovaries, mm-hmm. positively impact? Um, you know, not movement, but this um, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about fact checking. So, what are some of the things that you think that I wish consumers or, or normal public would be more uh, cancel out shaming, stigma, mm-hmm. you know, normalizing the conversation, going to the toilet, holding your pad proudly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I would start with first uh, supporting businesses like ours, you know. Okay. When you put out your MPESA, uh, let people contribute to mm-hmm. your cause because it's very important. Mm-hmm. When I put out my posts, I at least share this post because there's somebody who's going to see it and see, oh, there's this company called Nyungu that is using circular economy to solve the period poverty problem. We can start there, you know, just the support. While you think about it, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, what is uh, your take on the menstrual hygiene management community in Kenya, because we see a lot of reinventing the wheel. You know, someone puts up an organization on social media, mm-hmm. fundraises, uh, does a one-off, uh, you know, product uh, distribution, and that's it. So what would be your your call to action? What would be your advice for the MHM community? Because there is power, you know, in coming together, right? Yeah. So, um, so MHM community advocacy, what's your take on where we've come from? Mm-hmm and the future, and the way forward. I feel like collaboration is key for the next frontier of ending the period poverty gap. And yes, so if you you cannot be having that on the same group of people, and you're not hearing, as I said before, let's all come together. And we know, and and also divide the country into regions and say, maybe Hills for Paths is very good for the northern region. So if we have anything about the northern region, we come to you. Nyungu Africa, when it comes now to advocacy and education, because of course I know your work is distribution and advocacy and menstrual health education. But there are so many facets of MHM. We have to also build um, toilets. Mm -hmm. That's also part of MHM. There are not organizations who build toilets for these girls to use, which are safe, where where they can manage their periods safely and privately. And, you know, so there's also that. There's also now, you know, removing the shame and educating men to also reduce the shame. There's also private and public institutions. I mean, I would expect to come to such a place and go to the toilet and see a pad. 
you know a pad dispenser a pad dispenser <laughs> you know yeah. if if i see a tissue or condoms then there should be a pad there that way you normalize that a, a period accident can happen in your office and if you can afford a budget for having tissues then pads is also not um, very expensive you see so when we when we have that in private and public places now we'll normalize that conversation and of course um i hope in the near future we have you know zero uh, levies or on pads let them be free you know something yeah, like that definitely uh mary thank you so much for you know the wealth of knowledge and your journey to innovating um pads and the needs of african women um so before we wrap up let us know how can we get your products how can we get your pads and how can we get in touch with you thank you so much um we're still in the final processes of production we have okay. to go through a lot of um you know necessary approvals from kebs we're still working on that mm-hmm. and we really hope we'll get funding to be able to launch our product this year because it's been a long time coming the only thing the impediment that we have is funding mm-hmm. but i know from this conversation and normalizing conversations on funding women businesses it's going to you know give us a leap to getting the money that we want but now you can follow us on social media on Yungu Africa uh, just because we post um you know content just to educate women on what is happening in the innovation space my page at Nyaroi is is I'm very open about talking about vaginas and the whole period experience so you just go go in there and you know the table is long uh if you have an ovary or you don't come even if you have one Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. We've definitely enjoyed <laughs> connecting with you because obviously your story is our story in one way or another and uh, I can't wait to be able to buy your product. We're doing and you know, um from your lips to your ears you're going to get the funding that you need. Yes. And thank you for being part of normalizing the conversation. Yes, and I also really want to thank you guys. I've been following your work for since 2019 and you're doing an amazing job. And I was telling Monica that um our business model essentially is for every product that we're going to sell we're going to be donating uh, one product. So guess who's going to be getting the heels for pads. Finally our women are going to get you know products made by Kenyan women with them you know in and mind. they're going to get very beautiful products. I love women that. in Kiberi the very nice packaging of very organic and you know, sustainable period products mm. for them. So I can't wait. Yes, and uh, let's continue to overreact. overreact.